$167,000. I'll settle for one dance with Domino. Can you play any other tune? Something we're making for the Americans. It's called a ghetto blaster. May I cut in? It's a charming tune. Welcome, welcome, and welcome back to the fifth episode of Bond Music, Six of the Best, part of our ongoing series discussing the Bond movie soundtracks, and there's numbers involved. Anyway, I'm Jared Albrecht, the yard sale artist, and I want to introduce my best friend in the world. It is Alan J. Porter. Welcome back to the show, Alan. Thank you, Jared. We've got a bit more to talk about this time around than last time, so looking Mm. forward to it. Soundtrack that lasts longer than five minutes. (laughs) We might be out of that hole. No, this one's the shortest. No, this one's the shortest. No, this one's the shortest. Well, let me tell you guys about the six of the best format. I've really practiced on getting this down to make sense. Here we go. Alan has the lead tonight. Alan's going to take us through the official title song. Then he's going to give us three picks from the score that he thinks are his favorite. I will pick three from the leftovers, and then Alan will be back with a bonus track at the end. You will get a total of eight tracks. How was that, Alan? Perfect. Yes. Uh, <laughs> yes. The practice yes. paid off. <laughs> so, again, six of the best is going to have eight tracks. Don't hold that against us. So this month, whether you're driving among the olive groves, diving to sunken temples, or visiting clifftop monasteries, it's all for your ears only. <laughs> Why do you do this to me? <laughs> and you might read the bit in parentheses too. Just, yeah, see what I see what I did there with the. I don't know why I bother with the script. I don't. I don't either. <laughs> we can see outtakes reels fun. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I'm going to kick it over to Alan. He's going to do his thing. He's got the lead today, and I'm excited to talk about this one, Alan. Yeah, we are moving on to For Your Eyes Only. I will say this is actually my favorite Roger Moore Bond movie. Same. After Live and Let Die. I've listened to the Live and Let Die soundtrack album a lot, but I've not actually listened to this soundtrack, even though I probably heard it a lot on the movie because I've watched the movie Mm. repeatedly. Mm -hmm. I've not really taken that much notice of the soundtrack. So this soundtrack album really surprised me Mm -hmm. as to how much I enjoyed it. I will say, when it gets to it, finding picking three top favorites was actually quite difficult yes um, yes i am in agreement some, with everything you've said absolutely with, with some of the previous ones i've been really hunting to find a top three <laughs> this one was the exact opposite which was a real surprise so i enjoyed it again john barry was not available for this one due to the combination of the ongoing tax situation keeping it out of the uk and he also had his plate full as seems to be at this time regular that he had his plate full of other movies doing a score so barry actually recommended bill conti who'd been the composer on a little movie called Rocky, which sort of had a memorable soundtrack. I think we can all agree on that <laughs> I one. Agreed, agreed. I love that movie. It's 
So one of the fun stories that is in the John Burlingame book, The Music of Bond, our regular source of inspiration and facts for this show, is the fact that when Barry recommended Bill Conti, Conti got basically a call from his agent saying, Cubby Broccoli would like to have lunch with you, which is a great call to get. Heck yeah. And oh, by the way, he's in London and lunch is tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, Bill Conti got on the next plane from LA to London, went to lunch with Cubby Broccoli and director John Glenn, stayed one night in London and flew back to LA with the gig. Nice. So that was pretty cool. One of the cool things that comes out when you read the interviews with Conti was he was actually already a James Bond fan. He knew what he wanted. He knew what a James Bond score should sound like. He was a big admirer of John Barry's. He knew how to use the James Bond theme. He knew that he needed to weave the title song into the score. All the good stuff that we Bond geeks love. Mm. Bill Conti was one of us. He wanted to do that. He also wanted to go back to a bigger, brassier sound and introduced what was relatively new then. This really surprised me that it was actually one of the first movie scores to use synthesizers in a big way because, you know, synthesizers have been used in pop and rock for, you know, probably 10 years by this point. So he wanted to also use synthesizers. So the result was that he recorded 69 minutes of the score, the most music in a Bond movie since Majesties. Again, a little fact that surprised me, but really good to know. And Conti says, or he's quoted in Burlingame's book, that he actually also recorded an additional 75 minutes of incidental music, which is pretty impressive. Hmm. So the score was recorded over five days in May 1981. And another checkpoint for Bill Conti was that he insisted on using John Barry's sound engineer, John Richards, who was actually on vacation at the time. But he insisted and convinced him to come back from vacation to actually engineer the recording of the soundtrack to give it that classic Bond sound. So, so far... All thumbs up for Bill Conti, his approach, and everything to do with the score. Um, and as I say, really produced a Barry sounding like score that's not done by Barry, I think, having listened to it again. Obviously, with a very 1980s synth disco bit to it, but I think it's really surprised me how good this score was when we listened to with it. With all that extra so. music, is the LP got to be 14, 15 inches? Or? <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. I've got a CD list. I don't have this one on the oh, house, so I'm afraid it's a CD list. All but, right. So I don't know how, how wide's a CD. What? <laughs> It's about it's about that bit. Okay. <laughs> Excellent. This is very visual, by the way. I'm holding a CD. The camera. <laughs> you guys imagine in your mind the size of a CD. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So one of the areas that uh, wasn't sure that Conti was going in the right direction to start with is around the theme song. So originally he wanted Barbara Streisand to actually write the theme song. But thankfully, thankfully, she was too busy <laughs> filming Yentl. He also wanted Donna Summer to sing it. That's a combination that I just can't get my head around. It's a song written by Barbara Streisand sung by Donna Summer. <laughs> There may be an example out there, but it just didn't seem like the right combination to me. And it was United Artists themselves, the, the studio and uh, the folks who actually had released the soundtrack albums. It was them that suggested that he should also take a look at Sheena Easton, who was a United Artists artist, who was very much riding the top of the UK and the US charts at the time. She just had a, a US number one. Conti listened to current albums and thought she was way too poppy, but did say that he would meet her. And then when he met her, I think at an apartment he was using in London and his kids liked Sheena Easton. He actually met her in person and played some stuff on the piano and she sang and he realized that she could actually really sing and had a really great range. So there was an original song written where the title For Your Eyes Only was buried probably halfway in to the lyrics before you actually got to the title. But Morris Binder, the credits designer, said that he actually wanted it to be the first words of the song so he could actually time it with the appearance of the title in the opening sequence. So Bill Conti had to go back to the songwriter whose name I did not write down. Terrible. So whoever that was, I'm sorry, I forgot. But basically went back and said, I don't care what you do, but this song has to now start with the words for your eyes only. There you go. So they rewrote the song, re-recorded the song so it would actually work with the title sequence. And it turned out to be a really good song. It really 
reached number four on the Billboard charts. And uh, in the UK, the single reached number eight. Amazingly, the album actually didn't chart in the UK, though it uh, topped out at number 84. The soundtrack album topped out at 84 in the US. And the song was actually one of the first Bond ones to, it was actually nominated for an Oscar and lost. Hmm. And at the Oscar ceremony, they actually had Bill Conte conducting the orchestra. He was the music director for the Oscars that year. He was conducting the orchestra. And there's a great story that basically when it was announced that everybody thought For Your Eyes Only was going to win. When they announced that it had lost, basically the orchestra stopped playing and looked at him for like about 10 seconds. (laughs) And they were all embarrassed. And he realized that they were late and missing their cue for the TV broadcast and was trying to get them to play the the Arthur song. And they were like, they didn't know what to do because none of them were expecting it. And they were all embarrassed for him. So, Well, he's a true pro. (laughs) But he's a true pro. He he kept going. Um, I was like, this is BS. I'm out of here. Yeah. So everybody thought it was BS, but he kept going. So it was good. It was a big Bond thing at the Oscars that year. Not only was the theme song nominated, they actually also gave Broccoli a Lifetime Achievement Award. So there was a big Bond extravaganza. And also for the song, they actually did a big performance piece, which if you really want to go look at it, is actually on YouTube. It does feature Sheena Easton and also the guy who played Odd Job and Richard Keel as Jaws and a guy playing Blofeld with a stuffed white pussycat. <laughs> it's real and, yeah and lasers and dancing there's a great story about the dancer who played james bond during the sequence he was basically a replacement the guy who was going to play james bond or dance the part of james bond injured his knee two days before the oscar ceremony and in fact he injured it so badly he never danced again his stand-in basically had never done the actual routine in full until the actual telecast of the oscars there's a great story in mark edlitt's book about the fact he was rehearsing in the lobby of the Kodak Theatre and backstage and doing bits and pieces and he'd met Richard Keel in the canteen and the two of them were doing their moves in the canteen and stuff but he'd never actually done the full thing until the actual performance. You can see that when you watch the video. He's like a couple of beats behind where he should be and stuff but he did a great job and apparently when he walked off stage the first person he met was Roger Moore who gave him a thumbs up and told him he'd done a great job so that was pretty awesome. So if you really want to we'll put the link in the cover versions that we put in the show notes you can go actually watch the Oscar performance of For Your Eyes Only with the stand-in Bond dancer. It's pretty cool. And if you've got Mark Edlitt's recent book on becoming James Bond, that chapter is one of my favorites, this story about the dancing James Bond. Dancing James Bond who came in at the 11th hour. I suspect Tanya Harding had something to do with it. Yeah, Uh, it's very cool. If you get that joke, that's an age... That's amazing <laughs> right there. All right. So before we sort of jump into the theme song, what your thoughts on the sort of soundtrack overall, Jared? Oh, man, I love the soundtrack. I'm going to echo everything you said. I was surprised at how much I loved it. I always thought of it as the synth soundtrack. I was like, eh, okay, whatever. It's okay. But like you said, when we went through to pick these, I really, really enjoyed them. The theme song is always special to me. It was the first time I'd ever called a radio station and requested a song. It was for oh, only that- by Sheen. That's sweet. <laughs> By Sheena Issa, they played it. I recorded it on cassette. <laughs> so it'll always have a special place in my heart. What a lovely story. Well, for Jared's cassette player, why don't we press the play button and listen to For Your Eyes Only. Oh 
So actually, my first memories of Sheena Easton, there was a British TV show, which is a bit like American Idol, Britain's Got Talent, whatever, mm-hmm. X Factor, whatever the thing of the, is at the moment, way back in the late 70s, that was sort of a spin-off from some magazine program, light entertainment magazine program. And if I remember right, she was either the winner or came second on that show. And I remember that was the first time I'd ever heard her sing was when she was just this little girl from Edinburgh on this talent show on the UK. And she became really a successful pop singer in the UK and then obviously uh, broke through in the US and obviously eventually teamed up with Prince as well. Mm, yeah, and I, I was going to make that comment. I think this is about the closest we're ever going to get to a Prince, James Bond theme. <laughs> yeah, I think we talked about this story when we actually did the movie review, but Morris Binder, the title designer we just mentioned, was very taken with Sheena Easton, apparently. He had something of a crush on her. <laughs> I can see why. Uh, <laughs> and partly, I believe, because they were of a similar stature. They were both pretty small. So it's one of the reasons that he insisted that she actually appear in the opening credit sequence. The sexy thing where she appears to be naked underwater and apparently meant that she spent several hours wrapped in a towel with a neck brace behind her head so she wouldn't move because when it's projected up like 70 feet on a big screen if your head moves at all it, right yeah so the sultry sexy look basically was with a a, a big metal brace behind her neck to keep her <laughs> head still she sang and stuff so it was very uncomfortable and not a nice experience for her but 
it was a great effect. And she still, I think, remains today mm-hmm. the only singer to have actually appeared in the uh, in the title. I was sequence. just thinking about that. I so. think you're right. I don't think it's ever happened since. No, pretty cool. So, which is pretty cool. Yeah. I guess that means it's my time. I'm going to shoot my bolt, if you'll pardon the expression, <laughs> and get my revenge for the last episode when Don took all my favorite picks from me. So <laughs> I get to pick first time. So Nobody's see seen Don. Don since. This is weird. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we're actually talking of other James Bond podcasters. My first pick is actually one that is being forever ruined, thanks to Tom Sears and the guys at James Bond Radio. <laughs> I just got it, yes. <laughs> this is a drive in the country. I actually do like this track it's a great scene anyway this is the sequence with them chasing the dechevo through the olive groves and everything and originally apparently this was done as a country and western banjo picking style track but they backed away from that and was replaced by as it currently stands for those of folks who listened to james bond radio certainly a couple of years ago when uh, tom sears had his trivia game this was the track that they actually de- <laughs> developed some <laughs> lyrics around for tommy's trivia and i never knew where that track came from until i actually sat down and rewatched for your eyes only to do the review show about a year ago as soon as this track came on i was like damn it that's tommy <laughs> trivia and it's always going to be tommy trivia now so thanks tom thanks whoever it was that came up with that for your show you completely ruined this track for me but it is still one of my absolute favorites on the for your eyes only soundtrack so let's go for a drive in the country with tom sears
So I will say, I actually really love the guitar lick in this. Oh, uh, yeah. Which is much better than a banjo. The uh, electric guitar lick and riff in this is really great. It's one of those tracks, it's the, as soon as I hear it, I see the scene in my head, one of my favorite scenes and one of my favorite car chases. Really well done. Mm-hmm. So, so for my second one, we're actually going back to the beginning. We're going to the opening of the movie. This is one of the ones where they've basically taken a whole bunch of music clues and slammed them together on the soundtrack album. So this is actually the gun barrel and flowers for Teresa, which is the start of the movie, and then jumps to the singing of the St. George, which is after the opening credits. So it sort of cuts out the helicopter blowfeld bit. But we start with the opening gun barrel and then the part at the church, and then we jump to the scene immediately after the opening credits. Let's get the three dots across the screen and roll it out with the gun barrel, flowers for Teresa, and the sinking of the St. George.
So I think that's actually the first time anybody's picked the gun barrel. Possibly, yeah. Great gun yeah. barrel, too. I really like it. Van Plexico and myself on the review show have often mentioned that we actually don't think there's such a thing as the perfect gun barrel sequence because the one you have in your mind, I don't think anybody's ever done because mm-hmm. it's bits and pieces <laughs> from all the different gun barrels. But I actually think this one comes close and that might yeah. be heresy because it actually doesn't include the guitar. It uses brass for the guitar lick. But I think it works really well. I think it's a very interesting gun barrel. And I think it sets the tone for the soundtrack and for the movie mm-hmm, right out of the gate. And then we get into the Flowers for Teresa and we start to get the two-note for your eyes only intro signature that's used throughout. So even though Conti doesn't always, I think he only does the full for your eyes only melody twice or three times, mm-hmm. but he uses that two-note immediately recognizable intro for the song Love it. Love it. throughout the score, which is great. So please, Ham Zimmerman, can you do that? please, if you're listening to this podcast. We really need that back in the movies. Yeah, <laughs> we do, we do. You know, uh, I detected just a little bit of 70s shaft in there with the, the little hi-hat yeah, yeah. action going in there. Yeah, well. and With the sinking of St. George, what I really like that about the fact is that it sort of lays the tension of the minds in the nets when it goes quiet mm. and then it ramps up and stuff. And there's a great Mediterranean feel underneath it with i think it's gongs or something or the restrained reverb of the gongs it really puts you even though at that point they don't tell you where it is it's sort of in that front mind of around that sort of mediterranean Mm -hmm. greek island yeah it does a great job with greek Greek island setting so i think it does a great job of that sure and i noticed that that track had a fair amount of ominous sounding music in it oh did it (laughs) what a surprise (laughs) so talking of being ominous no here we go (laughs) (laughs) i apologize up front for this one Is this my third favorite track on the album? No. (laughs) But we had to include it. So I had to make sure it was in my list because, yeah. I got to break in with a quick story. You told me you'd picked your three tracks. Yeah. And I hadn't looked at them yet. I was like, there is no way on God's green earth (laughs) that Alan picked this track. And I'm having this inner debate with myself. Should I pick it because it needs to be talked about? Or should I leave it alone? Take the high road. And then when I saw that you picked it, I was floored. I was like, I can't believe you picked this track. <laughs> anyway, go on. Go on. Yeah, because it needs to be it talked needs about. To be talked about. So in the movie, it's actually hardly noticeable. Mm-hmm. It's source music. It's on the transistor radio when the pool party at Gonzalez's villa. You really have to listen to notice it. But when you listen to it on the soundtrack album as a standalone piece, it is probably the most disgusting porn, sexy, dirty, funky score ever to be associated with a Bond movie. I don't know. Every time I listen to this, I feel I need to go have a shower, cold shower. <laughs> Talk about on the um, nose. People talk about the lyrics of Diamonds being on the nose. They're, they're nothing compared to this one. And what I didn't know until I was doing the research was the lyrics, God forbid, were actually written by Bill Conti's wife. It makes I you wonder what... Her. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I wonder what their relationship was like. Anyway, um, let's play it, and then Jerry can add his two cents to how he makes it last all night. I feel a tremendous amount of pressure. <laughs>
okay. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta love that baseline, though. You, you do. Funky baseline. So. It starts it, out. It, I'm like, this could be a top forty song. Yeah. <laughs> it takes a turn. <laughs> <laughs> So I'm going to leave Jared to pick up from that wonderful <laughs> high point of sophistication and subtlety. Thanks. <laughs> Thank you so much. Ah, where do you go from here? Well, I'll try to put it back on the track. My three picks. I'm going to start off with track four from the soundtrack. It's called Molina's Revenge. Alan mentioned this earlier in his part about the St. George's of having that Mediterranean sound. Well, it is back again. And I associate a lot of that sort of Mediterranean sound with Molina. It's almost like she has her own theme because it'll, yeah. it'll play yeah. when she shows up from time to time, which is something cool that Barry would do also back in the day. So that's kind of nice. And then this one rolls into a real sort of jazzy version of the James Bond theme. And this track just always makes me think if the guy who did the soundtrack to Rocky ever did James Bond music, this is what it would sound like. <laughs> <laughs> hey, that's an idea. That's an idea. And there we are. So we'll give it a listen and, and see if Alan's got some thoughts on it. So there's two things about this track. Go on. The first part, the opening 30 seconds or so, brilliant. For me, that's Melina's stare. Oh, yeah. The revenge, she's going to come get you. Great. I love the sort of three quarters, jazzy three quarters James Bond theme of this. Mm-hmm. But it's got nothing to do with Melina. No. <laughs> no. Um, actually, it's unused music from the Blofeld sequence that gets tacked on here. True. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> so it's cool. It's a fun, jazzy version of the Bond theme. But again, in the as we've talked about before, the way that they actually title these cues, pull some of them together, make no damn sense whatsoever. <laughs> no, they really don't. But it, I will say that first 30 seconds, that visual of her eyes staring mm-hmm. and stuff is just so cool. It just brings that right back. And it does have that Mediterranean feel before it jumps to the jazzy Bond theme. You're right. It, yeah, Definitely. So. This one could be thought of as perhaps an inferior version of a drive in the country because they both have sort of a similar sound but i, I just really like this i don't know i just like it like so to me it sounds like exactly what you would get if the rocky composer made a james bond soundtrack <laughs> it makes me wish that that three quarters or whatever that unused jazzy bond theme had actually been on the set actually in the movie yeah it would be right than, yeah Grab yourself a towel because we're about to go underwater for my second pick. It is track nine from the CD. It's called Submarine. I think this is fantastic underwater music almost, and I will stress the word almost, in league with John Barry's underwater music. I think Conti does a really good job with that. I love the slow beat version of the James Bond theme that he works in. Conti was not afraid to work the Bond theme into his tracks. No, no. I love he, he works that he in, and he almost always works in the two-note sound for this and i love it love it love it so let's get in the submarine and then we'll see what what alan has to say on it Thank you. 
What do you think, Alan? I'm with you. The slow beat 007 theme works really well. As you said, Conti's not afraid to use the 007 theme. He knows when to use it. He knows when to speed it up. He knows when to slow it down. He knows when to do a slightly different version of it. Yeah. And the working in of the two note signature around it. And it really works well with the pacing of this particular scene of the fact that it is underwater and slow motion and stuff. So yeah, it'd be a fun track. Like it. Excellent. I love it too. Which will bring me to my third and final track, which is Make It Last All Night, track seven. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Not again. <laughs> no, I'm going to go with track five, which I think might have a typo in the title, Alan. I think so, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I think since the dawn of time when this first appeared on LPs and cassettes, this track has been called Gonzalez Takes a Drive. But I suspect it's supposed to be called <laughs> Gonzalez Takes a Dive because this is the part where she kills him off the diving board, if I'm not mistaken. <laughs> Correct. And I don't actually remember any sequences of him taking a drive. Nope. No. Nope. Seen him fly a plane and yeah. seen him jump into a pool. That's about it. Yeah. <laughs> Driving not top of his skills. <laughs> nope. So I do think it's a typo track and has been since 1981. Once again, it works in the wonderful two note sound of this soundtrack. I really miss that simple, identifiable sound that kind of dies out pretty much after Barry leaves the scores of the Bond franchise. Again, it has that Mediterranean sort of fun sounding beginning. Then it gets very tense in the middle of the track as Molina makes the kill. And then it rolls right into a zippy action piece with heavy synth and brings back a quick snippet of that Mediterranean Molina sound at the point where she reveals herself in the woods for those of you who remember the film. So it just smooth blend, lots of different sounds and fun to listen to.
another fun track, as you said, lots of Mediterranean, and of course it leads into the drive in the country. I think actually that sort of first part of the movie is really fun with the soundtrack. It's interesting that most of what we actually picked was basically from the opening to the Gonzalez Molina tracks. We didn't really pick any of the skiing or climbing related stuff from later in the movie. It was all really from the first third of the movie. (laughs) I hadn't really thought about it until just now, but most of these tracks fit together. They do. Um, They do. Uh, And the other tracks are great. The The other tracks are great. This, just this, these are the ones that left out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I was actually thinking about doing the ski, shoot, jump one, but unfortunately, make it last all night. Just have to. <laughs> But yeah, we didn't pick any of the skiing related ones or any of the tense ones around the rock climbing and stuff at the end. Interesting. Yeah. I don't know what that says, but I I don't know. I guess we just, I think there's a lot of variety in the tracks early on. Like you said, the ski one definitely has its theme and the mountain climbing ones are very tense. Like you said, these just have like that mix. You get some Mediterranean, you get some upbeat, you get some tense music. It's like a better sampler, I guess, in the first third or half of the movie. That's my guess. All right. So now we've picked our six of the best it's time for a little uh, detente comrade as we select the bonus track and i'm doing something slightly different this time because usually what we do is we pick a version of the theme song mm-hmm. for the bonus track well i'm sort of doing that and sort of not because what we didn't talk about at the beginning was we talked about the fact that conti wanted donna summer to sing it written by barbara streisand then it went to the sheena eastern but actually at the same time another band actually did a demo and submitted a song for for your eyes only it was a little uh, band out of new york by the name of blondie with the gorgeous Ms. Deborah Harry singing lead. So we're going to actually listen to the song that Blondie submitted for For Your Eyes Only, the unused title track.
So what do you think of that version, Jared? I had never heard it before until you gave it to me to listen to before the recording. Ultimately, I'm glad they went the way they went. To me, the Sheena Easton version is superior. It's oftentimes challenging to listen to another version, though, because our brains are so used to the other. Yeah. So I liked the Blondie version, but it seemed to lack something signature to it. It just seemed a little more generic, almost like a song you'd hear on a James Bond sort of spoof film or something in that vein, but not an actual Bond film, if that makes any sense. Yeah, I mean, to me, it's a nice Blondie album track. Mm -hmm. It doesn't have that quintessential something that makes a Bond song. You know, a lot of the, the more recent ones have been very identifiable as that particular band or singer's style, but it still has that something that makes it a Bond title song. And with all due respect, I love Blondie, seen him in concert numerous times, Mm -hmm. but have most of their albums but this one it just doesn't i don't know it just doesn't have that extra oomph or something that makes it work as a bond song so it's almost like it's end. a straight rock pop song that if someone like barry or conti got their hands on it was able to bring some more brass into it or something it could have been something but yeah 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 more yeah. of an album track yeah yeah all right so if you want to hear how others tackled the iconic for your eyes only bond theme and i recommend you do we've pulled together a playlist of covers on youtube just search for bond music six of the best or you can find the link the direct Direct link in the show notes and that will take you to it and that will bring us to the end of this episode of bond music six of the best if you have a question or a comment you can email us at ohmspod at outlook.com or comment on twitter at ohmspod and don't forget to subscribe to Honor Majesty's Secret Podcast on your favorite podcast platform. And if you can leave us a rating and a review, we would really appreciate it. And you can always chat with us personally on social media. I can be found at Yard Sale Artist. That's Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. It's all at Yard Sale Artist. Alan? And for James Bond stuff, you can find me on Twitter at Bond Lexicon or on Tumblr and Instagram at James Bond Lexicon. And just taking a look into our eyes only uh, mailbag here, Alan, we did get an email actually two episodes ago. I was remiss. I deserve six of the best now that I know what that is. <laughs> Listen to the last episode, folks, if you don't know what six. Yeah, of the if best you don't is. know what six of the best is. <laughs> last episode explains it. But we got one, an email titled Nobody Does a Better Tale from Kirk Groenveld. I probably butchered that a little bit, but I believe it's Kirk Groenveld. And he sent us an email telling us his story of being a DJ and playing the Nobody Does It Better on his local radio station. It's a fairly amusing story, basically about him initially playing the track at the wrong speed and it sounding like the (laughs) the Alvin and the Chipmunks version and him almost getting in trouble at his local radio station for it. But it was a great email. We appreciate the fact that you're listening, Kirk, and thanks for sharing the story with us. Thank you, Kirk. And uh, yes, I luckily have not yet found an Alvin and the Chipmunks James Bond album, but I'm sure there's one out there somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> Kirk can help you with that. But we do appreciate that. I, I apologize for missing that email in our last episode, but we wanted to get a shout out to you because we appreciate the folks that take time to write us and be involved in the show. We do. We certainly love uh, reading the comments uh, in email and on Twitter and various other social media platforms. So thanks for listening and thanks for uh, interacting. It makes it all worthwhile. And as always, we will pass the baton to our White Rocket founder and OHMS pod co-host Van Allen Plexico to thank our generous patrons who support all of our White Rocket endeavors. And we have to pause here for just a second. We have to thank the folks who keep our programs on the air. 
across our entire White Rocket Entertainment Network. For as little as a dollar a month, you can join their ranks. Just go to www.plexico.net, P-L-E-X-I-C-O.net. You will find their links to everything that the White Rocket Entertainment Network does, from books and comic books to podcasts about James Bond, about sports, and all the entertainment shows that we do here on the White Rocket Podcast and all the other things that I'm involved in. And you also will find a great big link that goes to the Patreon page, and you can join it, and there are a number of benefits you get for being a member. But mainly, you know that you're keeping our show going and keeping all of our shows on the network going for the foreseeable future. So for as little as a dollar a month, though we certainly appreciate more, you can be part of the White Rocket family and know that all of us here, and I especially appreciate you very much, our current Supporters include Matthew Flowers, Carl Von Drunker, Samuel Salvatore, and Christopher Burleson, along with Phil Amthor, Ben Spooner, William Glenn Matthews, Gary Grant, Wynn Carroll, Brian Gray, Winston Boddy, Willie Carden, Tom Anderson, Susan Trawick, Logan Chilton, Stephen Thompson, Chris Usher, Steve Trawick, and Richard Stevens. We also have Clinton and Christopher Stewart, Mickey B., William Morgan, Phil Davis, Joshua Corbett, John Otsuki, Preston Settle, Daniel Odom, A.U. Falling Up, Alchemist Kevin Smith, Clarence Alford, Will Summerford, David Hegler, Johnny Caldwell, Theodore Gary, Reynolds Wolf, Joel Beckham, Valiant Hermes, Jacob and Robin Fleming, Clay Henson, Ann Kangian, Catherine England, George Gaston, John McCune, David Evers, Timothy, Steve Harlan, Dan Thompson, Wes Atkinson, Rich Reimer, Hugh Anderson, Blake Heron, Steve Houston, Cato the Barner, Danny Flack, Papa Todd, Russell Milling, Kevin Canoy, Don Zederman, Ross, Lane Middleton, Shannon Butson, Randall Walker, Shane Bailey, Mick Vigicana, Chris Thrash, Tony Perry, Alex Wynn, Josh Teal, David Simpson, Earl Ricks, Mike Finley, and C.T. Wayne. And finally, we have Jeremy Minton, Wardam Wade, Spanky, J.W. Rice, Jason Albrick, Russell Souther, Paul Bankson, Joseph Eiliff, Justin Bean, Kevin Mahan, Stephen Wyatt, Trevor Johnson, Auburn Elvis, Robert Drain, Brandon Smith, Royce Alvarez, Thomas Brinson, David Smiley, Matthew Wagstaff, Donnie Reynolds, Wade Carson, Ivor Evans, John Zavachin, Michael Morton, Lawrence Kane, Darren Pyle. We're almost to the end, but we appreciate all you guys. Chris Camo, Ben Amos, Ruth and Darren Sutherland, Patrick Williams, Rob Morgan, Stephen Schuster, James Taylor, John Stubbs, Kenneth Brent Rains, Nicholas Craig, Joseph Miller, Mark Squire, Chris, Brent Rumble, plus our great Surfer Chickify and our anonymous and occasional and one-time donors. We appreciate all of you so much. Just go to www.plexico.net to sign up. And thanks for joining us for this episode. Today's track are from the 2003 remastered CD version with bonus tracks. By the way, that's the CD of For Your Eyes Only. <laughs> As always, we'd like to remind you to legally purchase your Bond music via official download channels or via CD, vinyl, or whichever format you prefer. But please support the Bond creative community. And we will be back next month with six of the best from Octopussy. Octopussy. Octopus. That's why I have this clown outfit on. <laughs> I was going to wear it anyway. <laughs>
Oh, by the way, we have to get this one done quick. Can do. <laughs> because I actually ha- I have sitting on my desk a box of James Bond girls trading cards. So I want to spend the afternoon sorting through the James Bond girls. You can do that while we're doing it. <laughs> <laughs> I understand the priorities. I have a giant. <laughs> no, it's all right. We'll take We'll take as long as we giant need. Giant box of Bond. Uh, what are you? What are you point, point? What are you pointing at? Pointing <laughs> down and saying you've got a giant. I got a giant box of James Bond trading cards right down there. Oh, okay. This month, whether you're driving among the olive groves or diving to sunken temples or visiting clifftop monasteries, it's all for your eyes only. You, you blew the joke, Jared. Did I? What are this? You Dread. said for your eyes only. Read the ah, read the script. Yeah, reading is fundamental. <laughs> take two. <laughs>